Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, folks around the world, welcome back to Hot Takes Only. This is episode 48. It is April 6th, 2022, as we sit down and record this. Willie, we are less than 12 hours away from the start of the Major League Baseball season, a season we didn't think we were going to have, but we have a gigantic amount of stuff to cover, so we're not even going to waste any time. We're just going to dive right into into it. it. What has happened in the first four months of 2022 that we are going to talk about anyways, besides the Super Bowl and the Olympics? Yes, it's a big deal, but Willie, our focus is in Saudi Arabia, actually. Kick us off. Yeah, well, so um, Phil Mickelson is uh, out of of Phil Mickelson announced he's out of the Masters. Um, he's not played in the PGA Tour this season. Uh, there have been, for those of you that haven't followed, there have been basically um, Phil Mickelson has basically uh, supposedly been working with uh, LIV Golf Investments, which is uh, headed by Greg Norman, to try to start a new golf league in um, Saudi Arabia that would work very similar to Formula One. And um, this was secret, but um, basically uh, it's been not only found out that he helped write the operating agreement for the league, uh, but he, it was also found out, uh, he, there was also, uh, because there's a book coming out about him, there's an excerpt with um, a lot of his comments that came out, which looked really bad. And then he wrote an apology for it that was... Um, in my opinion, very subpar apology. So, Owen, um, I, this is a really big deal. I, I have a, a ton of thoughts on it, but what are your thoughts about about Phil Mickelson's um, fall from public grace at the moment? Well, okay, Will, you put it really well uh, that it, it, it's something new and something different and it's very secretive yeah. in nature it started out that way and then you know some of the bigger names on tour started getting involved like bryson dechambo was one specifically yeah. i'm gonna put it very 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 bluntly yeah. um and i'm not gonna spend too much time talking about it i know you want to talk about it but i'm just gonna yeah. throw a knife straight into this whole thing yeah. it is not gonna get off the ground period it you don't think so there there is a prestige and it's a sort a badge of honor that goes with being a member of the PGA Tour, hell, even the yeah. European Tour, to circumvent that and join a league that is funded by Saudi the, by LIV, and the the key figure is a former professional golfer in his I think mid to late sixties, and Greg Norman, yeah. a golfer in his fifties, and Phil Mickelson, who mm. aren't as who aren't. The relevant figures they were 15 yeah. years ago maybe 15 years ago this would have been a big deal but yeah. I, i'm not wasting too much time talking about it the focus is in my mind and very much should be for everyone involved in the yeah. sport in the, the game of golf should be on augusta national tomorrow morning absolutely or just today as, by the time you're here as we as a if we want to put a quick bow on it uh just a couple things first off i just want to say that it's disgraceful and at least he acknowledged it in the comments because there are, um, you know, athletes who work with certain countries and they never speak about it. But I, I think the thing that outrages me, obviously, you know, the biggest thing is that he's working with the Saudi government, who is uh, not uh, good with human rights. Um, now, I will say, though, that on the fl- on the flip side, I don't think the PGA Tour is out of the woods. Well, I do not think I, I think the Saudi League has a chance of going with some more minor players. I think that the Premier Golf League 
uh, or more private equity, quote unquote, has a chance of disrupting the PGA Tour if it's from, you know, privately financed or financed even in part by government who we deem human rights. But I just wanted to better in human rights. But I just want to get last uh, thing. I want to get your thoughts on what do you believe about this? What do you think this means for Phil Mickelson's legacy and popularity? I don't think it diminishes a ton away from. I don't think it takes away too much from what he's built as a golfer. He has helped grow the game significantly. But mm-hmm. let's let's remember that he rose to prominence in the same era as Tiger Woods. Yeah. So naturally, when you're playing f- second fiddle to Tiger mm-hmm. Woods, you're not going to get the sort of attention or the sort of buzz. Or yeah. the images like 2018 <laughs> at East Lake, 2019 yeah. in Augusta when he won his fifth green jacket, or even today and yesterday at Augusta during practice yeah. rounds where galleries were 10 people deep for a, pra- a nine-hole practice round. Phil yeah. Mickelson doesn't draw that kind of crowd. And so mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson doesn't draw that kind of attention, period, yeah. in the world of golf. He was great for the sport when he was... Sh- wowing everyone with the short game and his personality. This is something in his 50s when his playing career is pretty much behind him. I mean, yes, he won a major in 2021 and that was pretty incredible, but his best golf is behind him for sure. And he will not be held in the same regard uh, from a personal perspective, but what he has done for the game is going to always remain intact because The the thing that's going to keep it intact is the fact that he didn't he didn't he's not Tiger Woods. If it was Tiger Woods who did this, we'd have a very very different story. Mm. It would be a very different discussion. I don't think it would still get off the ground if uh, mm. the best player, if the the most recognizable name in the sport, even in his late forties, was involved in this. Mm. Maybe that would change things, but I I still don't doubt it. The PGA Tour, they're still. I mean, and this is you know part of the reason that golf is the way it is. There there's a certain prestige that comes with being a member of the pga tour yeah playing at augusta national playing at the pga championship the open mm-hmm. and um the uh and the players too mm-hmm. these are the marquee events in the sport yeah. u.s open the pga the open masters they're marquee events and any player who decides they want to go chase some they want to play on some tour financed by yeah. private equity or private financed by a country's government with questionable human rights records it's not going to get off the ground it's not part of the part of the reason golf is the way it is is the prestige and the exclusivity if you will of it which you know we can get into that in a a later episode Mm. but it's not going to get off the ground it's it's a thought that is going to go somewhere it'll get some headlines but it's it's not going to get off the ground under any circumstances I hope so. PJ yeah. Tour has all the cards, and and the European Tour has all the cards. The RNA, the US, they have all of the bargaining power in this equation. So there's yeah. there's no no chance. Oh, I hope I hope so. None. <laughs> yep. So, but I, I know you want to talk about that, and I don't mean to shut it off like that. Yeah, but the, no, that's no. the that's the reality of it. It's not going to yeah. happen. Well, I'll just say real quick. I think two things. I think number one. Um, I think the thing that's really sad, one of the things that's really sad to me is that Phil Mickelson basically made no apology to the PGA Tour in his statement. He seems to have forgotten how big a star he is and on the PGA Tour and everything it's given him and all the money. But I would dispute, the truth though, Owen, is that 
Um, first of all, like the majors have not said that they will bar players in a rival league from playing like the, the regular PGA tour events have, but the PGA tour doesn't control those. And so I think that when you have more private equity or, you know, a, a good government quote unquote funding, the reality is I think that players are very much about the money and they will take, if, if it pays them more money and it's in their best interest, I wouldn't be surprised if you get, some leaving like maybe not for Saudi Arabia, but I don't think that this story is over. No. And, uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't want to say you're completely off base, but I the powers, be, the powers yeah. that be in the game of golf know better than to just listen to the highest bidder. They, they know better. Well, There's a reason that Augusta national has been the way it has been since Bobby Jones and Alistair McKenzie put pen on paper. There's a reason that it has been this way for almost 90, 90 something years. There's a reason that it is what it is today. Yeah, well, I mean, things and, evolve, though, in sports. Sports are commercial. Things evolve. And, you know, uh, just like, I don't know, college sports is a really good example, right, with the NIL deals. You know, in other sports, you see a lot of player empowerment. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if – and, I mean, frankly, like, to be honest with you, I'm not saying that I fully support it, but if they're working with a good government – there's I don't think there's that much wrong with even if it's with 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 doing what's best for you in that sense, as long as it's with good people that are not human rights terrible. Like, you know, like I think that personally, as much as I love the PGA Tour and as much as I think the economics are very good and I think people are missing the beat when they criticize the business model too much. Um Look, I think the conversation would be very different if this wasn't the Saudi government and this was like private investors. I think the conver- the narrative would be completely different. I yeah. think people would be much more supportive. No, I, I get what you're saying. I and I the reason I I'm so quick to throw throw cold water on it is that mm-hmm. it's going to be very easy for the PGA Tour, the European Tour, and the other the major governing bodies in golf mm-hmm. to basically revoke any sort of media access revoke any sort of access to the best courses in the world so when you are prohibiting the best players who say they don't want to play the pga tour say they want to go chase after this when you're prohibiting them from playing the saint andrews the tpc sawgrass the augustas the insert course here when you're prohibiting them from playing those courses in prime time of the year you're you're gonna lose a lot of fans really well, well, really that's quickly. That's the question, though. Is like it's not it's really it's not the FedEx Cup and the players. It's like the majors. The majors are the ones you know that the PGA Tour doesn't control. So if the majors were to say, hey, like you can go to this rival league and play, they don't control it, but they can they can bar certain players. I I and could be wrong. They have a I, lot I, of I influence. I, well, maybe the PGA Championship, but I don't think that they. I think the Masters. Um, you know, the Open Championship and the U.S. Open are not controlled by the PGA Tour. No, like they're, they're not controlled by the PGA Tour, but they carry a lot of influence. And if, they the, do. if, if yes. I don't think the Masters are going to, I, I, I would, you would, I would be shocked, thoroughly shocked if any of the governing bodies around the sport allow something like this to happen on the mm. grounds that they're currently allowed to happen. I mean, I well, look, I, I, 
I don't want to say you're completely off base because it might be. I might be completely there. Off base. There, there has been a discussion about it, but yeah, from from a golf perspective, mm. from someone who knows the sport, yeah, I, I say I know do. the sport fairly yes. well. Do, uh, it's yeah. it, it's as backward a line of thinking as you can have, and sure. no right mind in the sport with any sort of power whatsoever outside of LIV, this stupid, yeah, Greg Norman's vanity project, yeah. No one has any sort of reason to believe that it's going to go forward. Yeah. That's just the reality. Yeah, I, I look. You you may very well be right, and I, I hope that's the case. Yeah, but well, we need to shift our attention to Augusta because that's actually something tangible, something that's yeah. happening for sure. Uh, by the time you're hearing this podcast, the first tee shot will have been yeah. uh, sent off the first tee, and the tournament will have begun. Yeah, I am. I, Excited doesn't doesn't really capture it, not just because Tiger's playing. The excitement comes from the fact that we have, in the middle of all this and all the commotion surrounding the future of the sport and the Phil Mickelsons and the Greg Normans pulling, trying to pull the top players away, we have a tournament that is largely untouched by any of this. I mean, yes, Phil's mm. not in the field, but Phil is not going to yeah. draw rows of people 10 deep mm, like tiger mm-hmm. is for a practice round imagine the grounds mm-hmm. tomorrow and friday and even if he doesn't make the cut people are still going to be there in droves mm-hmm. to watch the best players take on the mm-hmm. most storied course in the sport mm-hmm. and i'm beyond excited mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i i don't think there's any other way to say it than i mean this is i apologize if there's anyone any that I've missed because I probably, but I mean, this has to be the best, like off that I can think of the best comeback story in sports that I, I in the history of sports that I, I, I know of. And regardless of after all he's been through with the car accident, with the surgeries, with the off field scandal, um, I, if even if he just plays and the fact that he's just going to play and he seems like he can at least walk, um, man, I like, there's no better story than this. Um, if you like human spirit, you know? Yep. Yep. And let's, let's not forget. This is about the third different comeback from something major that he's had to have in his life. I mean, we're talking fusion back surgery. That's a pretty big one. Uh, a, gigantic extramarital a set of extramarital affairs that's pretty huge as well because we're people at the end of the day and no person is going to be able to get through that this as the same person they were before um and then almost losing his leg and not being able to walk for three months coming back to a difficult golf course difficult but rewarding and Mm -hmm. fair if you play well uh, in augusta and in the words of former Masters champion Fred Couples, looking identical to before the accident, as far yeah. as his golf game, wow. it's the most incredible comeback story you can ever, yeah, you could have dreamt of in in yeah. any sport across the entire world. I, I, this is yeah. the best. I, I think that just like forget the part about how Fred Couples said how good he's hitting the ball. I, I think. Like you were saying that this is the greatest comeback, and he had three three stages. And I think what's incredible is that each one of them were just 
really, really lows. I mean, the extramarital affair was looked on, and then the car accident uh, with Ellen Norgren was looked on very negatively. But the, the, the fusion back surgery and him wondering was he ever going to be able to walk again and, like, him be able to play with his kid, like, do anything. Like, he was bedridden. He couldn't do anything. And then it's the same thing with this car accident where he was like, he was in bed for months. He, he couldn't get up. And like, there was doubt in both these cases that he could literally walk. Like he, mm -hmm. he wouldn't be paralyzed. Exactly. Like he could like stand up. Like, so, I mean, like the playing is just a cherry on top of the fact he's like, I mean, the, you, you just can't get much like this makes, I mean, it's just, this is like way like, the worst, some of the worst possible injuries you could possibly think of. Yep. Some of them. And, um, yep. And he's able to, I, the ability yeah. to walk at a minimum mm -hmm. when the, the, when that is thrown into question mm -hmm. right off the bat in any sport, any, any sport, Willie, mm -hmm. you're automatically thinking his career's over, mm -hmm. but here he is on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday before one of the biggest tournaments of the year, in my opinion, the biggest and my mm -hmm. favorite tournament personally, generating ball speeds of 176 mm -hmm. plus miles an hour. Willie, mm -hmm. that is ridiculous. It's higher than tour average. He's 46 years old and he's still doing this. Mm -hmm. And and right. It's just yeah, that's being, incredible. it's just that's being strong insane. and being able to hit a ball that's really, really insane. far. It's not the whole game, but he's still an artist when it comes to the short yeah. game. He's still very, very good at the yeah. game of golf. And he's yeah. still a force to be reckoned with should his body sure. cooperate. If his yeah. body cooperates and sure. he's able to play yeah. a, you know, normal round of golf sure. four days in a row, then he has as good a shot as any other player in the field, if not well, better. I think, and I, I'd love your insight on this because you know more, but I think, um, yeah, first of all, the ball speed, like you said, the ball speed and the club head speed is like, I didn't think physically he could do it. And like Fred Couples is saying, he's hitting the ball far. I don't know. What is the part that you think in general when you come back from injury or you haven't played in a while is the toughest to get back? My inclination would be putting, but I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I would say there's two. I would say number one is the short game. So anything from... Mm -hmm putting to anything that puts the most strain on your legs mm -hmm. and that's having to bend over constantly in certain mm -hmm. areas but the other thing and i would say this is 90 percent of it uh 10 is putting 90 percent is mental mm. 90 percent is going to be is my body going to hold up especially at his age especially with the injuries he's had it's can my 46 year old body that's been surgically repaired i don't know how many times can it hold up under the weight of four days mm. of tournament level pressure and tournament level golf yeah of course that's not flat augusta is a very no, very no. very hilly course if you've ever been yeah. there i have i've never been on the grounds but it's one of the the most undulating courses well, on say. tour that yeah. they're going to play every single year yeah and it's not an easy walk but this is it's the masters the adrenaline of competing in a tournament this size 14 months after a near fatal car accident is going to be one of the biggest sports stories of all time i mean 
Ben mm-hmm. Hogan did this in the 1950s. He went on to win six more majors. Now he mm-hmm. was younger than Tiger at the time of his his accident when Ben Hogan has hit mm-hmm. had his. But we also have far more advanced medicine than we do back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if Tiger wins not just one more major, but a couple more because we've wow. already been shocked by this before. 2019 was an yeah. absolute shocker for everyone involved. If you if you watched golf yeah. in 2019 and you saw Tiger Woods win the Masters, you you had to be shocked. Right. Ever I mean shocked not in the sense that I didn't <laughs> think he could do it, but shocked as in he, he is continuing to again and again and again and again and again and again yeah. and again prove everybody wrong yeah. who doubts who decides to sure. doubt him. So I mean yeah as a collective, just just stop doing it. And yeah. let him let him prove you right. Don't let him prove you sure. wrong. I guess the my biggest question and it on yeah, I don't think anyone should doubt him. You're absolutely right after I mean, if you saw him, he proved us wrong the, the after coming back from the, the, the fusion surgery. I guess my biggest question is, um, and I don't know, because I could be wrong, but I do get the sense that um, it does sound like even, right? And the fact that there's a question, right, that will he be able to walk around the course for four days? And that concerns me because my, my question is it does seem like he's probably in real pain. And how much does he want to and and can he put up with that? I mean, that's just – we wish no human can do that, right? But look, Tiger, you know, he played through it at the U.S. Open, right? He played through a, a really bad injury. Um, but But that part concerns me. You know, if if your full recovery is lots of pain, that that concerns me. You know, I'm not saying he didn't have it before, but it just this injury just seems like it added another level of pain than even what he had before. I I hear what you're saying, but and and I want to I want to move on and get a little more mm-hmm. preview and not just talk about uh, the greatest mm-hmm. player of all time. I will say this: mm-hmm. he won a U.S. Open on a broken leg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He won a Masters at the age of 43 after fusion back surgery. Mm-hmm. What What is a broken leg that is surgically healed? Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I, I've I've mm. give, I've done myself the the favor, and I encourage everyone listening and everyone around mm-hmm. the world to join me in just throwing out your idea of. He can't okay. he do can't, well, whatever yeah, thing yeah. is. Or he I'll won't say, do whatever thing this. is. I'll say this last thing. I'll say this. Whatever he does in the long term, look, man, I could be very well, like, I'm probably going to look so stupid. But, I, I mean, I, I like, it just seems, like, so unlikely that he's going to do really well this week. Like, yeah. the injuries, and he hasn't played in, in a couple of years, like. Man, See, the odds are stacked against him. Man. I know, like, <laughs> I know, and they were stacked against him in 2019 and in 2008. But I'm gonna, like he I'm gonna. More. I yeah. know that's true, but I want to say this, Willie. Yeah, he is the most mentally tough athlete of all time. Mm. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two. This is a victory lap. He doesn't need to prove anyone to anything. He's doing this, laughing on the inside while he does it. 
because he's thinking you really wanted to doubt me after 2008 mm-hmm. at the US Open. You really wanted to doubt me after 2019. I'm going to <laughs> laugh in your face. The mm-hmm. fact that he's able to play at the Masters mm-hmm. is already a win. Mm-hmm. For I, I don't care who you are. That's a win. Absolutely. We, we thought amputation was yeah. on the table after yeah. his accident. That by yeah, itself tells you everything you need to yeah. know about how great this person is. Everything that happens is a win. Absolutely. So he could, he, could, he could get through nine holes and withdraw. It'd still be a win. The fact that he's there, the fact that he's playing, the fact that people are yeah. packing in during practice rounds. I don't, I don't think people realize how insane that is. These are practice rounds. Yeah, it's unheard of. To, 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 tell, tell me one other sport where there is someone where during a practice, during a pregame, that people are packing the stadium just to watch him. Yeah. There's no mm-hmm. other sport. Well, there's no other sport like golf, mm-hmm. but there's no other athlete that draws mm-hmm. that kind of attention. He is and forever will be the benchmark mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And And... This is his victory lap. That's all it is. He's mm-hmm. just, he's, he's won the race already. He's just driving around in circles, lapping everybody, laughing while he's behind the wheel. Yeah. This is, this is yeah. tiger sport and we're just living. We're just watching it. Yeah. No, I, um, he is the game of golf. Yeah. Uh, well said. All that you said is, is very well said. Yeah. Speaking of victory lap though, Willie, he is, you know, people aren't going to, aren't, he, he is not the odds on favorite to win. He has garnered the most, yeah. The most bets and the biggest yeah. num- just sheer volume yeah. of money placed on him winning this tournament. Yeah. But he's not yeah. the only player in the field. There are a bunch of other no. players who are more likely to win if you, you know, look at yeah. golf as yeah. Know, if you take it in a bubble. And I want to mention some names with you. I want to get your okay. thoughts on these names sure. and run through them because we do have a pack show to get to. Yeah. My dad and I text back and forth yesterday and the day before just talking yeah. about just threw out a bunch <laughs> of names we think are, are going to win. He wow. has quite a few but let me read off some of my top names so uh, obviously the greatest of all time tiger woods uh xander shoffley Mm -hmm. i was watching 2021's final round and 2019's final round he was a factor in both of those Mm -hmm. he plays well at augusta sure he is i mean yeah millimeters away from winning a major Mm -hmm. scotty scheffler is maybe the hottest name on the face of the planet right now he's playing some of the best golf if not the best golf on the planet yeah. at this present moment mm-hmm. so you can't bet against him unless you're yep. just purely insane uh jason day who has a game that's tailor-made for augusta uh his mm-hmm. question mark will be like tigers will be the health uh sam burns who i think is going to fly under the radar if you can even do that mm-hmm. at this level uh cam smith who is a wizard mm-hmm. on and around the greens mm-hmm. and showed everyone at the players when he mm-hmm. i mean i, I for for those who were following the 18th at Sawgrass in the final round, where Cam Smith got up and down from about 60 yards, that's not an easy pitch shot. Mm-hmm. And he made it look he made it look like he could do it with his eyes closed. Mm-hmm. And the the putting speaks for itself. He's one of the best putters on tour, if not, I would say probably the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's been playing well, played well in the match play. I mean, was this close? I mean, he ran into a buzzsaw known as Scotty Scheffler in a playoff. <laughs> it was like a five-hole playoff for one spot in the round of 16, the knockouts for the match play. And then a few other kind of more fringe guys, but, you know, names to keep an eye on as well. Billy Horschel, Victor Hovland, Joaquin Neiman, Sung J M, and Louis Oosthuizen. And a little further out, Harold Vonner, and I think just Bubba, yeah. just because 
he's Bubba yeah. Watson. He has a game that's always going to compete sure. at Augusta, and he, yeah. he's he's just Bubba Watson. Sure. So uh, those are just a handful of names I think that are in the the you know the realm of pros- of possibility to win yeah. this thing. Sure. There's you know obviously a lot of golf to be played, as in the whole tournament. But mm-hmm. I like you know the top three obviously are Tiger, Xander, and Scotty Scheffler, but. Any of yeah. those, I think, have a pretty solid chance. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm really glad you compiled this list. I think there's so many interesting stories and good shouts on this list, and um, I think this list is very creative too. It's not just, I mean, there are several players in the top ten, for example, that you left out, and I agree. This this list, I think, is a more accurate reflection of who's in form and who fits this course. Um, I think one name that I'd be interested, well, one, a couple of names that I think are, that really jump out to me that are just interesting. Uh, one is that, um, Victor Hovland, I, he's my pick to win this week. I think he, he's, you know, he's been in great form. Um, he's had a couple of top tens this year. Uh, I, he really should have won Bay Hill. He, he gave that tournament away. Um, and he's just, as clean a hitter of the golf, you know, of the golf ball as there is, and sure that the chipping woes have been well documented, but he's just ready to bust out, I think. And mm-hmm. sure, this golf course is tough, and and maybe you need to be really, you know, uh, more really experienced at it, which he doesn't have yet. But uh, Victor Hovland, uh, I think he's ready to have a Cam Smith moment where he just at some point soon where he where he busts out. And the other name, which I, I do want to mention, and I know it's probably the one was talked about, but I like I think we have to start talking about Scotty Scheffler and like he's got three wins and like you know this this um, season is be- like where does the season rank in history? And I, I like if he just stopped right now, he would be a candidate for PGA Tour Player of the Year. Um, with yeah. three wins, three wins in um, two months, and yeah. Um, now, if he can rip off a major, then, you know he's Jordan Spieth in twenty fifteen won five times. Uh, you know, um, but I mean, three times in two months, world number one. Uh, this season is just has the potential to go down as one of the. You know, Tiger won five times in twenty thirteen. Like this is. Has the potential to go down is is really oh and I like I'm sure Rory McIlroy had some seasons that were amazing and Dustin Johnson is very consistent but I mean Jordan Spieth is one of the only ones I can think of in the post tiger like post Tiger prime where I'm like this guy's like had a amazing season yeah like, what what do you think no I I think it's it's in that conversation on the backs of this two month stretch alone because multiple being a multiple winner on the PGA tour, especially these days Mm -hmm. is so rare and it's so hard to do. Mm -hmm. So especially Mm -hmm. when it's not just one event early in the season, it's not like the Amex in Mm -hmm. uh, Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. It's not like uh, the Sony in Hawaii. It's not Kapalua, which is winners only. You know, Mm -hmm. these are, these are big tournaments. Bay Hill is a big tournament. Uh, the WGC, it's it's for the only for the top players in the world, mm-hmm. and um, Phoenix is you know I would say the smallest as far as prestige 
mm-hmm. um, but biggest as far as I guess non golfer yeah. awareness and interest. Yep. I mean, the seven, the sixteenth hole is it's the most ungolf thing ever, and it's actually <laughs> really refreshing for the for the sport. Uh, yeah, you yep. could you know for me personally, I don't like the whole booing thing because I'm sure the average handicap of players. Uh, of, of golfers mm. who are actually there around 16 is yeah. is somewhere in the 20s uh-huh so you know to heckle someone who's on that side of the ropes and to boo someone who's not, I, I get it it's a sport it's supposed to be funny and everyone's hammered it's it's a great time but that's the part that me that a little part of me is like oh okay come on now like i i enjoy i enjoy my drink as much as the next guy but like <laughs> i can also respect when someone has a you know a difficult golf shot with a title on the line from whatever yards you know when you're hitting a short iron but it still feels like a lot because there's you know 20,000 people right yeah. there so i'm fine with it it's one hole i yeah. think it adds it, it, but it is one hole it is one perspective like we need to grow the game right exactly no so in, in, yeah. in that sense i think it's good i think that's part of that's that's the old crusty white man side of me but we're not going <laughs> to entertain that sure, side sure. a whole lot um i do want to move on willie sure the masters is so who are your pick? the who are your best pick? tournament of the year in my personal opinion, um, <laughs> I want to go with Tiger. The the wow. sexy pick is Tiger, of course, because it's just like let's let's just yeah. do it. It's chaos. It would throw the world out of balance. Imagine if if Twitter was around in 1997 mm-hmm. or in 2000 or 2001 <laughs> when Tiger won all of those mm-hmm. those tournaments by a billion shots. Um, but if he were to win, it would probably break the internet. Mm-hmm. But I would say. If I had to pick, if I had to put money on someone right now, it'd probably be Xander Shoffley. Okay. Because he has he hasn't had the the fanfare yeah. that Scotty Scheffler has. Yeah. But he plays the course well. He's a very steady, yeah. steady player. Yeah. And I I said it last year. I said last year was going to be the year he finally wins a major. That didn't happen. Yeah. But I mean, he he really is as close as you can get to winning a major especially <laughs> augusta without actually winning one so if yeah, i had to get if i had to bet right now i'd bet xander shoffley okay i think he's he's a little little out of form but um he's i mean he's been he's been he likes the course and he's contended at several majors yep for sure so, so that i mean that so. that's why augusta is just different yep it, yeah. it's you, you gotta can be, be completely out of form and still win yeah. that's just sure. the way the course is the way the tournament is mm-hmm. who's your pick willie uh, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland. Yep. So those are two names to watch. Obviously, uh, sure. the greatest of all time is one to watch as well. Yeah. Sure. Um, Willie, yeah. we talked about Saudi Arabia and their checkered history when it comes to human rights yeah. violations. Uh, but the 2022 World Cup is just a few months away yeah. in uh, in Qatar later mm-hmm. this year. I got to be honest, before we talk about the draw and before we talk about kind of bigger soccer yeah. implications as a whole, I um, could not care less about a World Cup. And it's really, really bad because the fact that the Qatari government has to build an entire city for the final mm-hmm. is to me a sign that FIFA does not care about mm-hmm. anything or anyone other than the high ups in that yeah. organization so yeah yeah I, I i think i'm really glad on i think it's absolutely the proper thing to talk about the um society the political you know not human rights not soccer side before talking about the world cup and 
Yeah, I mean, look, um, this is a huge shame that they were willing to overlook these things. I mean, it's um, no different, right, than the Olympics sometimes as well. Um, but what's happened with regards to human rights and the construction of the city and the stadiums and and just also the Qatar government at large is 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 a real shame. And what's really sad about this, Owen, is that the World Cup is such a big deal. And I look, this is going to sound controversial. They're both big. I, I personally, I love the Olympics. I would say, if I think overall in terms of popularity, the World Cup's probably the most popular sporting event that exists. And what's a real shame to me, Owen, is that the quote-unquote sports washing is going to gloss over this because it's such a big deal. I think this is getting buried in the the leads getting buried here, and um, we got to talk about it because this is way more important than any cheering and any uh, anything that goes on 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 that on that pitch. Yep. No, I I agree, and. <laughs> Like it, it almost feels like this is, and you know, I obviously haven't been a huge, as big a soccer fan as you have for your whole life. Mm-hmm. So like, I've have vague recollections of 2006. I don't remember 2002 at all. Um, and then 2010 was like the first one that I actually like kind of watched from mm-hmm. start to finish. Mm-hmm. This World Cup, I mean, Russia was not great in 2018 as far mm-hmm. as my general like excitement for it. But man, th- I have like. I have so little desire to watch this World Cup. And also because it's in the middle of the club season. Like, that is mm. the one thing you don't do mm. is yeah. you, you have the biggest international tournament, if not the biggest sporting event in the world, yeah. in the middle of the season when yeah. players, yeah, the best players for the countries that are going to be favorites, yeah. are all playing for their <laughs> clubs. And who is to say that from the months of... of late August through late October that not, I don't know, throw it out. 20 of the best players in the world are going to have some kind of injury that prevents them from being at their best. It's ridiculous. I mean, yes, the the same thing could happen during the season, but at least you have some sort of layoff and you have a whole season. If you're a player to know that like, okay, if my team's not really in it, if my team's kind of, you know, not really playing for a title, we're not in the champions league. We're not the Europa league. We're not really, playing for any silverware, mm-hmm. I can kind of, you know, tell my manager, like, hey, like, the World Cup is a big deal to me. I want to play, but, like, I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, I, I have this in the back of my head. This is once yeah, every four I, years. I, this may be my only opportunity as a player to play in the World Cup, and this is something I have to yeah. prioritize. I, I think, you no, know, it presents an interesting, dy- I mean, on dynamic on, on multiple threats. I think first, like you said, the fact that it's held in the middle of club season makes it, A, players are going to get released like a week before the start of the tournament. And uh, the teams that play at the very beginning have to go right there because you have to be at the tournament five days before the tournament. So they're basically going to get no preseason camp. It's just going to, and then you, you'll get a few days if you're one of the later groups. And then, like you said, I think the fact that it's in the middle of the club season, it's, it's really weird. I mean, a players don't want to get hurt. It's the not on the top of their mind. And um, I think a lot of players are going to want loan deals because they're going to want to play to make the rosters, right? They, they can't sit on the bench in the yep. World Cup time. Right. Um, 
I, I think, but well, here's what I will say. Um, is from a pure footballing standpoint, because like we cannot condemn, um, we we cannot overstate enough how sad the human rights situation is there. Look, I mean, I, I personally, I cannot wait. Uh, the World Cup is my favorite sporting event. I like international soccer more than club, so I'm a little bit different. And uh, just throughout World Cup qualifying and the whole World Cup, I'm just glued. And I, I think the footballing side of this particular World Cup, I think personally, is fascinating um, in a lot of regards. I think there's a, it's a genuinely wide open World Cup. Um, and I think that there, it seems like the gap between, not only that there's, seems like there's more teams this time that can legitimately win it, win it. Um, but there is, I, I think, a lot of teams out there that can legitimately make the knockout rounds and even pull off an upset or two. Um, so, oh, and before I, I just give a couple things that quickly that stand out to me about the draw, what, 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 what interests, from a full footballing standpoint, what stands out to you about the draw? Honestly, I'd say I'd say two things that are not specifically draw related. Mm-hmm. I'd say number one, the fact that the U.S. actually qualified because mm-hmm. there was a time early on in qualifying where it didn't look like the U.S. had mm-hmm. had a very good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, the fact that Italy is going to miss their second straight mm-hmm. World Cup. We're talking about, what, four-time winners of the tournament mm-hmm. not being in their second straight mm-hmm. World Cup? I mean, after a summer, after a, a year after winning the Euros, mm-hmm. or not even a full year, you know, eight months after winning the Euros. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. What a yeah. different, what, like, I don't even know how to put it. And they had, what was it, like a 30, 40-something game unbeaten run? Um, It was... Almost 40. Almost 40. And I also mean, Algeria, same thing. Algeria was on a 34-5 game on being run recently as well. And they're not in the World Cup. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. So I, I, I have I to say do, that. Do just want to say one thing, though. And I'm curious what you think. But see, I personally... So to me, like, I... I and I'm curious what you think about this. Like, I personally don't... So, like, it, it is crazy that those countries aren't going to be in it, like in particularly Italy, just one of the Euros. Um, I personally don't like the call. Like, I know the World Cup's going to be expanded, but I personally don't like the calls to say, you know, because, like, this federation should get more. Because, look, purely from a, 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 a quality standpoint, I think that Africa is by far deserves is the, the, the region that's getting shafted the most compared to the teams they get. And I think Europe, based on quality, um, would should get more. But I personally don't think we should play that. I, I don't like that game because, to me, the World Cup is about... it's Look, it's like the NCAA tournament, right? Like it, It's not about the best field. It's about global representation and the global sport. And that's why, in my personal opinion, it's like, if you want Italy, like watch the Euros. You know, if you want more European teams, watch Euros. If you want more African teams, like watch um, African Cup of Nations, right? You want more Asian teams, watch the Asian Cup, uh, etc. So, I the World Cup is like choosing the very best from each region, and and some teams are going to miss out. So, I, I'm curious what you think about that, but I, I personally just 
believe that just look like you have to understand i think that it's like the world cup is not about the best teams it's like it's about having some of the best teams but like you know can you get countries from around the world and like can you make it through qualifying right like, that, no i i i agree i don't i don't disagree at all i think it's it's very much a case yeah. of it's it's merit at that point in time no one cares what you've done previously yeah. you have to go out and you have to perform day in and day out why well, and in, in the case of qualifying you know during international mm-hmm. breaks but it, it's one of those things you have to prove yourself time and time again if you don't prove yourself you don't you don't do what you require yeah. what you're asked then you don't yeah. make it and yeah. no country knows that or should know that better than the u.s i mean yes yeah. the expanded field in 2026 is going to kind of throw a wrench in all yeah. this and and take yeah. the the importance out of qualifying but Man, when the U.S. missed in 2018, they kind yeah. of woke everyone up like, hey, this is not guaranteed. You can't just get no. by and get to the World Cup by being mediocre. Yeah, that just doesn't no, fly. So you yeah. got to pick it up. It, it, it's look, qualifying is very hard. And look, qualifying is very hard around the world. It's it's very like, you know, and I follow the U.S. team extremely closely. And, and people just talk about like how qualifying is just so hard. It's such a unique experience. And um, real quick on um, I. I I'll give mine first, then I'll ask you. Um, the U.S. team, I think, is perhaps... Well, I will get to the hot take section. I'll save... I, I think that there's one team that I think is going to be the surprise of the World Cup. But um, I think the U.S. are a huge wild card in the World Cup. They they have tons of talent. They show flashes. Um, I'm as a huge fan of the team and watch every game. Basically, I'm so excited. Um, I think that the game on Black Friday against England has the potential to be the biggest men's game, is the biggest men's game in the U.S. soccer history because, in, in men's U.S. soccer history, because I think that if the U.S., regardless of tons of people are going to watch that game, I frankly think that more people, the average person knows more of the England team than they do the U.S. team. And I think that if the U.S. puts in a good showing, this is the kind of game, particularly because I think it's going to be a very attractive game to watch, that could lead to an explosion in popularity. Like, absolute explosion in the popularity of the men's sport because you could see two teams going toe-to-toe and he was putting good showing. Um, what I will just say real quick is that I think watching the team very closely and one of the, the, thing, the, the, the talked about things is this is going to sound crazy, but I'm actually less worried about the England game than the other two games in the group. And England, look, I, I think England will win the World Cup. That's my pick. But the U.S. is a very dangerous team when other teams have the ball and we can play, you know, in transition, quote unquote, people say, and and have space. We, as much as we like to have the ball and press high and win the ball, we really struggle to break down teams with lower blocks. It's a huge weakness. And Wales, if Wales make it, and Iran are going to allow the U.S. to have 65% of the possession. And I think it's going to be really ugly. Uh, I think that England, U.S. will draw England. I, I think the matchup suits them very well. And if we're up for it, I think could do it. So I, I think that the U.S. Um, 
will make it out of the group stage. And uh, yeah, but we'll see. What do you think about the U.S.? So I have controversial thoughts on the U.S. men's national team, yeah. Willie. Uh, yeah. You and I have, have discussed yeah. this offline and on the show a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my certain feelings on certain players and or yeah. managers of the U.S. men's national team. I'll leave it at this because I do want to get on because we do have yeah, of course, uh, yeah. a full baseball long, preview yeah. to get to in this in this show. Yeah. Don't forget, folks. Baseball season starts tomorrow, too. We, we've kind of swept yeah. that under the rug with all the golf and soccer talk. Yeah. But uh, here's my thought with the U.S. men's national team. There are issues with men's soccer in the U.S. that go far beyond results, go far beyond any sort of qualification for the World Cup. And so I will say this, as long as the U.S. holds itself to the standard of Christian Pulisic being a god and Greg Greg Berhalter being the right manager to lead this Mm -hmm. team anywhere, uh, the the longer this country has those really backwards notions yeah. the longer it'll take for the sport to develop i agree regardless of how we do yeah. against england because when you say christian Pulisic is the best player on the u.s men's national team and you treat him like a god which he is the best player on the u.s men's national team that's 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 a fact it's not he's the most I, I proven think you can make an argument for Gio Reyna. that's but, okay but, that's that's you can make a fair argument for Gio Reyna, but i think on yeah. on quality on performance at the yeah. club and country yeah. level, Christian yeah, Pulisic sure. is uh-huh. is the number one for the U.S. He's the first player on the team sheet mm-hmm. every single week, every same every single time there's a U.S. men's national team game. Uh, but when you hold that as a ceiling, and when you believe that he is the guy, mm-hmm. rather than we need a team of eleven guys, mm-hmm. you're putting a ceiling on yourself. You're also putting a ceiling on I yourself agree. when you have the sort of business model that the U.S. men's national team has, which is for profit, other than grow the game and not grow the game talked about in 2018 travel soccer is still very inaccessible at the top levels sure top youth levels and as long as that remains the case the u.s and the soccer is not going to grow in this country for men for women Mm -hmm. for whatever reason all of the best female athletes in the u.s are playing soccer and it's 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 phenomenal for the growth of the women's game Yep. But the men's game will always have to compete with the NFL and the NBA and to some extent the, the Major League Baseball. I mean, ma- baseball's dying, but yep. you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit because we had yeah. a full preview. Yep. My thought is basically, I'll sum it up as, as this, Willie. I don't care how the U.S. performs. Soccer's not going anywhere in this country. It's growing, but it's it's there's okay. still a pretty, pretty yeah. low ceiling. I agree. And I think the fans need to... We need to realize that this is not okay. That we this is where we can't be content with where we are. We have to want to move forward. Yeah. So I, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my thought. Uh, I, I as for the group, I don't really know and or care what the U.S. does in their group because it's not going to change anything about soccer in this country. You can bookmark this April 6, twenty twenty two. The U.S. men's national team will not do anything of consequence in the World Cup as far as the long term growth of the popularity and the actual general Mm -hmm. level of play for the u.s men's national team book it right now Mm -hmm. yeah well okay so we we thought it was going to happen in 2014 and where have we gotten since 2014 okay 50 percent of the world cups since then have we qualified for well 50 percent it's one out of two not not good that qualification should not be something to celebrate it should be mandatory for this country I, I agree. I, I completely agree with you. So 2018 was a, a giant leap backwards. Mm-hmm. I completely so agree. So we're, we're not even back to where we should be at this point mm-hmm. since uh, 2014. Yep. I, 
I completely agree. But you know, my my hot takes maybe my takes maybe too hot for most people to yeah. handle. They may be controversial, but that's how I feel about it. Well and yep. truly, every time I watch the U.S. men's national team, it's like watching grass grow. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go watch something else. This is boring. Yep. It, it's just not. It's not good. I'm sorry. That's yeah. that's my take on it. Okay. Wow. So yeah, I, I, you know, I I will say this. I think that the player pool is good. Um, I think watching the games closely. I think. I don't think Burhalter is a bad manager, but I think there's a lot better managers. I think there's a ceiling with how far we can go with Balter with his ideas. Um, and I will just say that while I under, we understand that this player pool is not an elite, right? It's I I I, I think you just, you can't underestimate how big of an advantage it is to to be the home team at a World Cup. I think that's the optimism where there's only been. One country ever to not get out of the group stage as the host country. You take that as a given. And and then, I mean, I could go list on and on. But, you know, whether it's, you know, Germany making the semis in 2006 or, you know, Russia making the quarterfinals and barely, like, I think that given how well home teams do, the U.S. could very easily make the semifinals. It's just, you look at the history, it's like every time the host country does so well, and then once you get in the semifinals, I mean, it's tournament football. You never know. Yep. So no, you got to ride that home crowd. Yep. You're right. And and I, I know we're we're still months away when there's the level of excitement, but I do want to move on yeah, to sure. the club level because we do we still have to cover baseball, which there's I, I have yeah. some thoughts about this season okay. and I'm so excited for first pitch sure. tomorrow. But really quickly on the club level, Willie. The title decider in England is this Sunday. I don't care what people say. It is the title decider. You think the so? winner will win the title. The winner wins the title, no doubt. Because and what about City, a draw? Uh, draw will benefit City. So Liverpool have to win the game if they want to win the title. It's it's a must. They have a tougher schedule. They still have to play United and Everton. Everton are going to be that's going to be an annoying game regardless, yep. even if it's at at Anfield. Sure. It's going to be a stupidly annoying game because uh, Everton just aren't going to play football yeah. whatsoever, uh, as they usually do in derbies. Mm-hmm. Um, and United are just annoying generally. Yeah. Um, yep. But it's a title decider, Willie. Mm. It's at City. I think City win. And okay. I think they go on to win the title. I, I said what? that in wow. I said that in August or September, whenever we did a, a, our preview. And I'm going to say it again now. Regardless of how much I want Liverpool to do it and to, to embarrass Pep Guardiola and to also kind of make sure that city don't win the champions league either uh they won't do that unfortunately that's Mm. that's not up to them but i still think that's probably that's that's probably gonna happen i think it'll be a really good game it'll probably be game of the season as it was what three years ago or first time this first game of the season was really good yeah that was that was an incredible game and yeah you know I just, I just don't, I don't see it for Liverpool this year. As you know, they've made up a lot of ground, and the team is really deep, mm. and and Klopp's done a great job managing minutes. But and now, you know, is, this is, is this just because you think that they're going to lose this game, and therefore they're not going to win? Or like, yeah. if they won this game, do you think that Klopp has only won one game at the Etihad in his career? So I, so I just don't see it changing. So to be clear, though, if Liverpool win, do you think they go on and win the title? I think so because City have a level of they they know Liverpool is breathing down their neck right now because what was the yeah. gap like 
a month ago. Nine or nine points. It was nine points about a month ago. Now it's one. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I I get it when you know every professional this these days has some sort of awareness that you have to have a mental approach that is the most important game is the next yeah. one is whatever yeah. next game the next well, i mean uh, aside from the one you're playing in right now uh, yeah and they've done it before they they're yeah. they're defending they're defending the title i know yep. that's harder to do than than to mm-hmm. pursue it but look they just have i would like to be wrong i would really like to be wrong yeah. The, like the, I was, the, I was the thing, Owen. To be honest with you, more than anything, that really concerns me about um, the thing that really concerns me about, like you said, Owen. I think you're getting at is the schedule. I mean, let me just read you the schedule uh, after um, what we have, what we have coming up. So just in the Premier League, so they play Man United. They play at home versus United. They play at Everton, uh, at Newcastle. That's wonderful. But then they play versus Spurs, versus Villa. Not an easy game. Um, at Southampton, who's playing really well. Um, they host Wolves, who's good. Um, but you compare that to Man City. They have the Wolves game. Other than that, which is the toughest game, which they have to make up, but they host Brighton. Brighton's really out of form. You know, host Watford, relegation team. At Leeds, near the bottom of the table. Host Newcastle, near the bottom of the table. At West Ham, that's a tough game. And then versus Villa. So I, I think the city schedule is definitely easier. Yeah. they. I, I think they are, yeah. you know, they have to... They have no margin for error if they lose. Yeah. But if they if they draw or if they win, then yeah. they have a gigantic margin for error. Liverpool has none as it is right now. They they cannot afford to drop any of those games. Yeah, and also I'll just say real quick, and you tell me it's just I mean, Liverpool hasn't always looked the most convincing either. No. Um, you know, it's this is not like they they're dominating games here. They're they're yeah. allowing some good chances on goal and the defense looks a little shaky and everything, so yeah, but you know, that's why you play the games. Apparently, so, so I, is going to be massive. I'll give you my prediction, and you tell me. Yeah, uh, I'm going one one. One one, and yeah. City win the title. Liverpool win the title. Liverpool win the title. Ooh. oh, he's going for the the big, big twists and turns at the yeah. very end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, I don't know. Sunday is going to be one of the biggest sports days of the year by itself because yeah. you have. 8.30 Pacific time, you have Liverpool-Man City, yeah. which is the biggest fixture in, in the league right now. And mm-hmm. then you have Sunday at the Masters, yeah. which is the biggest day on the golf schedule every year. Don't don't at me. Sure. It is. So, mm-hmm. so who and you got winning in, in the title? City. City, and what's the score of this game? 2-1 City. Okay. Right. Yeah, it'll be some something rel, uh, reminiscent of... Um, of 2019 with stones clearing it off the line. Yeah. Wow. Like what? Okay. Like 17 millimeters away from, from winning the title for, Jeez, for Liverpool. Yep. That was the, yep. That was the game. Yeah. That's, that's the difference between Pep and Klopp. I mean, th- there was a stat the other day, Pep and Klopp since like 2017, 18 or 18, 19. The difference in the number of points that their teams have gotten in the league is one. Are you serious? That's it's incredible. 338 to 337 or something stupid like that. It's insane. That's incredible. There's yeah, that's, there's that's... no way in hell that 
Klopp has any right to be near where Pep is. But somehow, he is. Yeah. He's, he is. Yeah. I mean, it would look, like you said, if they had won that title, things would have looked a lot different. Yeah. Than, like, the narrative, yeah. Yeah, the narrative of City's utter dominance consistently year in and year out. Let's not forget, 2018-19 was the best title race probably since 2012. Oh, incredible. I mean, just... I mean, no, and, and, two, the teams were too historically great. And and look, like, let's just say it, they were way better than the two teams this year. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say... They performed better in the league. Yeah. I, I think City, at times this year, just looks incredible. But Yeah. Yeah. I think the only... The only factor that could decide Sunday for Liverpool mm. is Ruben Diaz. Okay. So the report is saying that he is going to miss that game. But how many times in the last few yeah. years have we seen insert city player here is a doubt for this big game. Yeah. And all of a sudden, miraculously, they end up playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many sure. times does it happen? Uh, so if, if Diaz plays, I'm not shocked. Oh, he, he has a miraculous recovery from injury. Yeah. I mean, even then, though, um, you know, like question is i mean how much do you trust him in a big game like first game back like that's i mean he's he's a top three defender in the world yeah i mean they'll they'll they would they could definitely use him yeah that's for sure so mm-hmm. that that's a variable but i still think 2-1 city and city go on to win the title it you know it is what it is right. they have them they have the most resources the most money and the best manager yeah. it, okay. it's almost an embarrassment wow. not to win the championship every single year yeah. which is actually a Perfect segue, Willie, into my World Series pick. And we can work backwards from there. We're going to go World Series pick. We're going to start right off the bat because uh, a certain (laughs) manager, a certain manager in baseball, before the season even started, Mm -hmm. I think this was right after the lockout ended, right when spring training started, Mm -hmm. a certain manager said his team's winning the World Series. Book it now. Okay. And that manager was Dave Roberts of the Dodgers. Wow. And yeah, that's cockiness. He displayed a level of confidence in his players. Is that co- that's arrogance? It's not even like. But it is backed up by the fact that, and this kind of goes into a hot take, which I'll I'll give the full take a little later. But okay. uh, Willie, the Dodgers win the World Series this year in six games over the Blue Jays. And I'll tell you why. Okay, I'll tell you how why I have that pick. Okay. Because the Dodgers are the only team in baseball where. They can make up for losing a World Series MVP by going out and acquiring a defending world champ in free agency. Yeah. They can go out and get the 2020 MVP in Freddie Freeman. Yeah. They can go out and sign whoever they need to. They can get Dylan Betances on a minor league deal. They can get mm-hmm. Craig Kimbrell for AJ Pollock. They can do all these things preseason and you're still thinking, well, okay, maybe there's one hole here or there. But really, this is the Dodgers we're talking about. This is the the team that is least afraid to spend money in yeah. baseball. There, there is, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say Steve Cohen is the only other owner in baseball that is quicker to pull out a blank check yeah. for something that's going to make his team better. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't seen the full effect of a Steve Cohen offseason plus Steve Cohen at the trade deadline. Yeah. But I can guarantee you that come July 31st this year, I think actually they moved the deadline to August 2nd this year for some reason, but come the trade deadline in 2022, the Dodgers are going to make a gigantic splash for a top-line starting pitcher. I don't know who it is yet, but they're going to make a line. They need to. They're going to make a big deal 
for a starting pitcher. They need to. And mm. that is going to get them over the line. But the thing yeah. is, Willie, by that point, they will have already won in the neighborhood of 80 games. Yep. Sure. By well, August. Okay. By well. by early August. Okay. And I I just don't think that for as good as any other every other team has gotten in baseball that anyone can really hold a candle to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. I would like to be wrong because personally, it, it would be an embarrassment if the Dodgers don't win the World Series this year. Yeah. But they have the resources, they have the experience, and they're that that's what well, I mean, the only thing that's gonna stop them is themselves. Yeah. Okay. Um so how about how about Toronto then? What's your rationale for for Toronto? Toronto is going to score about a billion runs this year. <laughs> the lineup is yeah. scary. It, it, it I is. I mean, if, if you play the Blue Jays in a five game series or a seven game series, you should be proud if you hold them if you hold them to under five runs a game. I mean, yeah. Vladdy would have been almost a unanimous MVP if not for Shohei Otani. Bo Bichette is still yeah. very much a work in progress, but he's already pretty advanced for a work in progress. Yeah, I mean... Matt Chapman is a platinum yeah. glove winner. Not just a gold glove. He's a platinum glove. For those at home who don't know what that means, that means he is not just the best third baseman in the yeah, league. He's, he is the best defender in oh, baseball. Yeah, he's, he's two of those. Better than Arenado? Yeah. He, he is the best defensive third baseman in baseball, Matt Chapman. The well, hitting I mean, yeah, is recently, I'd say, yeah. The hitting yeah. leaves a little bit to be desired, but yeah. that's know. not. He's still a no. decent hitter. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yes, they lost Simeon, but they get a growing Vladdy. Teoscar Hernandez is so good. They're going to get a healthy George Springer. They're adding to the pitching staff. Yes, and they I are. would be shocked. I would be way. shocked if they did not go out and add a, t- a reliever or two or yeah. three by the trade deadline. But yeah. But when you have the Dodgers to contend with, you better be flawless. Okay. Wow, that's um So, I like the Dodgers in 6. Okay. I know Dodgers I know we jumped right to there was no no preface, but I think I, I thought going with from City and Pep and his the resources that City has and the experience that they have, I think that was a perfect segue into talking about the Dodgers. Okay, because I think they're the they're the equivalent of City. Yeah, sure, I, they're they're good. Okay, um, yeah, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk Dodgers? You want to talk Freddie Freeman? You want me to give my predictions? Or, I, I want to hear your prediction, but I, we'll also go quickly around the league sure. because I have a few things Let's I want to that. talk about Let's with every team. It. Well, I, I, we got to hear your reaction to Freddie Freeman. I mean. Listen, we could have a whole episode on Freddie Freeman. We should. We should. The, that Brave Saga. We'll talk about it. We'll probably talk about it right before you and or before or after you and I go to Dodger Stadium for the game. But de- um, okay. But definitely just give your brief right now. Give us your, your so, top one. Am I sad Freeman is gone? Absolutely. It's Freddie Freeman. He's a face of franchise. He is mm-hmm. everything that being an Atlanta Brave has meant over the last 10 plus years. He mm-hmm. has been the the heart and soul of that team through the rebuilds. He's the only player still on the team from the 2013 um, the 2013 team that won 96 games. Yep. He's the only player left from that team. And he wanted to stay in Atlanta, which I think says more about him as a person 
than it does uh, anything else. Sure. However, mm-hmm. regardless of him saying that he wanted to stay in Atlanta, he did not balk on his contract demands. He wanted six years. The Braves gave him five. Yeah. The Braves were offering a very similar AAV to what he's getting in yep. in LA. The only problem is the Braves were not willing to commit to him for one extra year, which for him is probably the the, the age he has in mind for when he's going to end his career. Yeah. Because I don't think he, he intends on playing after 30. I mean, he's already done everything there is to do in baseball. He's won an MVP. Sure. He's won a World Series. He's won a gold glove. It's very possible. Pretty sure he's won a silver slugger. He's one of the most likable guys in the league. Well, I, I don't think what more you can do anything more in baseball other than continue to win championships and do something new. He's from Southern California. It's, you mm-hmm. know, he's an hour or so from where he grew up. You know, it, it, I get where he's coming from. I wish he would have actually followed through on the whole I want to be a brave for the rest of my career and just listen to that but I also blame his agent because his agent gave the Braves a one hour ultimatum with two different proposals that's not how you negotiate with the team that you want to stay with for the rest of your career mm-hmm. that's not how you negotiate with them that's that's incredibly short-sighted and I, I get though. there's an element of timeliness with it but mm. y- you have to understand that there's more to it than just this is our offer take it or leave it yeah i mean the other thing is the braves could have got this deal done two years ago yeah i I, sure i I, look i think ultimately that that's that's a really interesting part you bring up about negotiating the contract i didn't think of that um maybe it it was just the dodgers like take it or leave it uh but i mean ultimately i think you know any blame about that has to be shifted to, more so to like the Braves had long time to yeah get an know, extension done. This should have done after his um after 2019 yeah, and, when he had and, one year left and, and or two years left, sorry. Yeah. And yeah. So um tragic and I will just say this too real quick which is that in the interest of time but like Freddie Freeman's still a really good player. Like this is not I don't see this being a Lindor or like a Albert Pujols situation. No. Like, how is it going to feel for the Braves if if your prediction is true, and Freddie Freeman has like an All Star season, like, and he's one of the differences between the Braves repeating and the, like, like the short term. I don't care like that they got younger. Like, how is it going to feel? This is not like an aging superstar. Like he's still got more good years left. Yeah, I don't see him. He's a professional hitter. I do not see him, at least for the next few years, just dipping. Like I, I don't. Right. Um, so. No. Look, it, it it won't feel great if Freeman goes on to propel the Dodgers to a World Series title. It won't. Objectively, I mean, yes, I'm excited that that the Braves got Matt Olson because he's not only the one of the best defensive <laughs> first baseman, if not the best defensive first baseman in baseball, at least by defensive yeah. runs saved since 2018. He has uh, yeah. 28 of those. Or sorry, 36 of those since 2018. Yeah. Uh, he also had 39 home runs last year, which I think was more than Freddie yeah. Freeman. Um, and he's a a no, not a notorious pull hitter. He can he can go. He has power everywhere, but he he's a pull hitter who is going to hit in a park that is rewarding for left-handed pull hitters. Sure, which is a good thing. Yeah. And his power numbers, I think, are going to go up, but there's going to be an adjustment for sure because. You know, you're moving to a new city, you're playing in a new time zone, you're back in front of your friends and family, your t- 
taking over a position for the face of the franchise. There's a lot yeah. of expectations on Matt Olson with his contract. And I think if you had to put money on either one of those kind of imploding, you'd probably put money on Matt Olson just because he's, yeah, he hasn't had the established career that Freddie Freeman has. He's yeah. also four years younger. So that yeah. kind of plays a role in it as Which well. Is, yep. And the Braves are banking on the whole age being undefeated mentality. Yeah. Whereas we know these days with sports that you can't really just say I'm cautious of this because of his age anymore. Yeah. Because I mean, Tiger's 46 and he's competing at the Masters. What what is age but a number these days? Yeah. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that said, it'll hurt. But I think the Braves know that they're building toward today and tomorrow and the day yeah. after, not just this year. I think the yeah. Dodgers are focused on right now, now yeah, because absolutely. they have the resources they have the experience and they have the the will to assert themselves as yep. one of baseball's elite again and i think they mm-hmm. will but well two okay. three four years from now when freddie freeman's in the last couple of years of his contract who's to say the braves aren't that team with okay. the big target on their back yeah. year after year yeah. after year because right now it's been the dodgers sure uh, absolutely well said well said so uh, that that's my thought on freddie freeman um, I do want to mention, though, bef- on the subject of the Braves, while we're already here, um, yeah. the Braves are going to be, for me, a question mark because, yes, they're getting Acuna back. Yes, they're getting Ozuna back. Yes, they had an MVP caliber season from Austin Riley. But you lose Freddie Freeman. Obviously, that's the elephant in the room. But also, you don't know what you're going to get from Acuna when he's back from injury. I mean, by all accounts, he's the same player, if not better than who he was post-injury or pre-injury, rather. Uh, Marcelo Zuna has been terrible. In sp- I mean, yes, a spring training, but he has been horrible so far. Can't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, and Austin Riley was completely shafted last year as far as just recognition. He was all MLB at first base, Willie. All MLB first team, which means that among his peers, among experts, among fans, he was the best third baseman in baseball last year. He, he finished is. seventh. Yeah. And the MVP that voting. That seems unlikely. Seventh. Yeah, seems unlikely. Yeah, he was... And great in the playoffs. Too. So so the writers got that one wrong as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he cares as much because he's going to look at his... Uh, he's going to look at his hand and see that giant championship ring and go, no, I'm okay. I don't, I don't need this whole yeah. MVP thing. Um, but that said, he's only been able to do it at that level for one year so far. So that's mm-hmm. also a question mark. I mean, I think he's, he's kind of here to stay and he's going to be the best third baseman we've had since Chipper. But... That's also, you know, that's a question mark. It's been one year. Um, and and the, the rest of the division, too, is not just going to go away quietly. Like we talked about Steve Cohen briefly, but yep. when Scherzer and, and DeGrom are both healthy sometime in June, they're going to go on a roll. They've already spent money with Bassett or they they acquired Bassett. They spent money on Marte. They obviously spent a lot of money on Scherzer and they have the, mm. the they have an owner who's literally ready to just pull out as much money yeah. as he wants to. And make this team a contender. So the Braves are a bigger question mark than I think a lot of people are going to say just because they are defending yeah. champions and they have the, the target on their back. But yeah, yeah, I was wrong about them in 2021, Willie. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, you were I, spot on. Yeah, I think. Um, a, like you said, it's so hard to repeat in baseball let alone get back to World Series. It's just like any sport, the mental side. It's just really hard to get up for things. But I don't know. I think the biggest elephant in the room is really is um, it's it's one thing for the Braves to, you know, 
to be a little down because the mentally and like you said, great players like Austin Riley, maybe not repeating the same. It's another thing to have a legitimate challenger. And I think the Mets are the biggest wild card. We could, I think we could see both scenarios where they're either disappointing again or they really do well. And so I think it's hard to say that Atlanta can't make a good run until we, we can see the Phillies or um, the Mets really show that they can challenge them. Yep. I think that's the biggest problem. And the Phillies are an interesting one as well because they added a ton of thump in the lineup in Schwarber and Castellanos, but not a lot else that they need. Yeah, they're they're, they're, pitching. They're lacking. Uh, The bullpen needs help. The rotation is a question mark outside of Wheeler and Nola. So, I mean, you can slug your way to the postseason just fine. That's never yeah. been a problem for any team. Sure. You can ask any any team that's been the best offense in baseball going into October. Yep. But once that calendar hits the tenth month of the year, it's yeah. all about pitching it, and defense. It's, it's you're right and, for sure. And can you get hot? And I guess for the regular season, you're right. They can do it. I guess the question, you know, the Mets take the opposite approach. Just like you know, we're gonna invest money in Scherzer and um, let's we'll hope our lineup deficiencies, even with adding, you know some players can be overcome. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could see those teams winning in the mid eighties of the games. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. You know, yeah. What? The projections have, I think three teams in the NL East winning 88 plus games. Okay. I think it's the Braves, Braves, Phillies, the Mets and the Phillies, I think are both at 88 and the Braves, I think are at exactly. 90, wow. uh, according to fan graphs. Yeah. Wow. I think it's four teams in the AL East are all going to win 88 games, but that's, that's, that's just fan graphs. That's incredible. one projection. Division race, yeah, but they also have the Dodgers winning 93 games, and I'm just gonna say my prediction is a little bit higher than that. Okay, just just a little bit. Uh, quickly before we wrap up uh, the NL East, Willie, uh, Marlins are gonna be (laughs) hilarious because uh, the they have a glorified arm barn now with uh, healthy Sixto Sanchez whenever he comes back and a healthy Sandy Alcantara. They could bring up Max Meyer whenever they want to, and he's got a ton of potential to be. To create a three-headed monster in the rotation, a la New York. Yep. But I think they're probably still a year or two away from actually contending. And and the, and the whole Derek yeah. Jeter stepping down is probably going to be yeah, it's unsettling. Yeah. It's probably going to be for the best though, because John Hart, when he resigned as Braves GM, gave way to Alex Anthopoulos, and Alex Anthopoulos brought a World Series to Atlanta. So yeah, who knows? It takes well, it depends one. Depends on the replacement. Depends on who yeah. It always depends on that. Yep. Yeah, balls in Kim Ang's court. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nationals, I just have on our rundown as a giant question mark. I don't know what we're going to get out of them. I, yeah. I, do we even talk about what? I mean, Probably not much. Juan not Soto much. and Josh Bell are the only bright spots in that team this year. Yeah, they're they're they, they're rebuilding. Yeah. They're rebuilding. Yep. Uh, Willie, NL Central, I don't think changes from last year, honestly, as far as the order. The Reds are going to, the Reds are notably worse after trading yep. Sonny Gray mm. and letting Castellanos go and trading Winker and Suarez. I mean, sure. Suarez wasn't really producing much but uh really it's it's luis castillo and joey Votto as the only two kind of big time players on that team that are left mm-hmm. and castillo yeah. is still gonna be floated in trade rumors because i think he's hurt right now yeah he's good though man yeah he's, he's i think he could be a player that the dodgers are like oh what do you what do you want for uh luis castillo sure oh well i mean fuck that would be sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> that would be well. I I I think Owen. I think the main takeaways, in my personal opinion, from this division are, I, I like. I could see 
Milwaukee or St. Louis making a real run at, at the league if yeah. things go right. No, I agree. Uh, particularly agree. Milwaukee. Yes. Particularly Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious what you think about that. Uh, Milwaukee, I have two just two thoughts on them. Number one is the health of Devin Williams. I think he's the reason that the Braves beat them last year is yeah. because the bullpen outside of Josh Hader was kind of a, a plug-and-play scenario. Yep. I mean, yes, it was good, and, and Hauser was a good option out of the bullpen, but when you have probably the best setup guy in baseball in Devin Williams, yeah. and you lose him for and, the whole postseason, yeah. it's kind of a big deal. And no, it's, I mean, that, that was... Look, when the when the margins are so tight, you can't overestimate how big that loss was. I mean, yeah. the, he's just... The Brewers, the way they, they play, they have to have everything right. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you look, if you, I don't know if Woodruff can can be like he was last year, and you know Peralta pitch as well. I mean, you've got, I mean, if everyone's healthy, it's hard not to see them being a factor. Yeah. Um. In 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 my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think the other thing to to note that I'll say quickly with the Brewers before we go to the Cardinals for a, a second, uh, Andrew McCutcheon, I think, is a very underrated signing, and he's yeah. going to have a much bigger impact than a lot of people are giving credit. It's possible, yeah. I mean, and that's a, yeah. Christian Yelich is still a very good baseball player. He's just yeah. in a otherworldly funk right now, a la Cody Bellinger, or Cody Bellinger <laughs> a la Christian Yelich. You figure out which one of those two 2019 MVP candidates is really sure. uh, struggling yeah, the most. I think I think Yelich is better suited to bounce back. Yeah, I agree. Um, Willie, the Cardinals... <laughs> This this makes me laugh every time I look at this in the rundown because it, it literally is like the last dance. This is the 2016 and the 2011 team put together again. It's the last yeah. ride with Albert Pujols, Adam Wainwright, and Yadi Molina. It's crazy. It'd be funny if they won the division and then went on to make a run of the World Series, but I don't think they will because the Brewers are are so good. Um, how old? It, how old is Wainwright? Wainwright's got to be 39 at this point. Oh my God, I I think he's he's on the wrong side of thirty five for sure. In fact, he still has a great role, and he pitched in like the decisive playoff game. He is forty years old. Gosh, talk about the the old guys. Uh, like the fact they relied on him to pitch in yeah. the uh, wild card game, against right? The, the, I mean, and, and he was good in the wild card game. He, he was great. He wasn't just there; he was good. Still throwing he, that hook. And he held the Dodgers down to to one run. I don't think. He, was, no, it was yeah. it was an earned run. It was, it was uh, Justin Turner homer. Yeah. Um, but then again, I will say that Goldschmidt and Arnado are still very solid yeah. baseball players. They've had a bit of a rough couple years, but Tyler O'Neill's good. Tyler O'Neill's going to get better. Dylan Carlson's going to get better. Yep. Harrison Bader is kind of yeah, you know, fixing the hitting part of his He's game right. that was missing yeah. for a while. He's a very very Ish. good athlete, so that's that's not a problem. But I think the Brewers yeah. are better. The Cubbies are a funny one because it's Kyle Hendricks. And Marcus Stroman in the pitching department, yeah. and nobody else. Yep. Really of note. Uh, I don't and then, think that they're going to factor. And then say a Suzuki, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's have yep. a crazy yeah. forty home run season by a rookie. Let's yeah, do it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the Cubs will factor much. I don't no. think they'll be terrible, but I, I don't. I think it's those two and everyone else yeah. in that division. Uh, we talked about the Pirates, Willie. Or no, sorry, not the Pirates, the Reds, but the Pirates with O'Neill, Cruz, and Key Brian Hayes. I think the only two really things to keep a, a real eye on, yeah. but they have a, a real likelihood of, of losing a hundred games this year. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's not true because you want to see teams actually try to compete, but they're, they're not in great shape. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think you say it right when you're talking about the prospects, you know, Hayes, but let's just hope that they, um, 
have some good, a lot of good prospects coming through, and at some point they can build something. Yeah, <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, now to the wild, wild west. We talked about the Dodgers already. Mm. Um, one thing, a couple things I'll say on the Dodgers real quick. Trevor Bauer is a question mark to start the year, of course, because we don't know what kind of administrative yeah. leave he's going to be on. If there's any sort of a suspension whatsoever for his mm-hmm. his legal issues um, and his suspected yeah. his suspected sexual assault, but. Uh, that's yeah. that's for you know another time. That'll be figured out whenever. I but mean, if outs, he does play, that's a huge advantage. That's a huge Dodgers. plus for them because oh, they're they're gosh. on the books for fifty something. No, a ton of money. Whatever it is, it's a lot of money. I don't know what the deal is though. If they have to pay it or not, I, I'm not. I'm not I sure. think it might be unpaid, but I don't know if yeah, that, if that's yeah. the league a league thing or the team thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the rotation after Walker Bueller to me a is a question mark. mark. Is a huge question because. Mark. Yes, you have Julio Arias who won twenty. What did he win? Twenty games last year. You have Heaney, but he's he's still developing, I think. And and you know he's a he's a good solid pitcher, but in a in a five game series, you need more than Walker Bueller and Arias. And yes, they have Clayton Kershaw, but name one year in the last five that Clayton Kershaw has made more than like fifteen starts. Yeah, he just hasn't been healthy for long stretches. I I think Andrew Heaney has an interesting, he's an interesting (laughs) experiment. Um, Every time I watch him, I'm like, how does he not give up like 10 rounds a game? Yeah, I mean, look, anyone with the Angels, though, man. That's not named Otani. It's just an (laughs) The analytics love him, though. We got to talk about Otani a little. We we barely mentioned Shohei Otani, which is Well, we've been doing the National League. Yeah, that's true. But still, I mean... you know, you would think that the unanimous MVP would jump off yeah, the page. Yeah, Okay, he should have been top one. I agree. Yeah. Nah, but we'll, we have a lot of stuff to get to. Um, I still think the Dodgers are going to spend a lot of money, uh, or they're they're going to expend their resources to make the team better by the trade deadline. How they do it, I don't know, but we'll mm-hmm. see. Okay. Willie, the Padres. Um, <laughs> we said this last year; they had the potential to win a hundred games, and they won what, like seventy, seventy-eight. Yeah, it and was, or maybe it, low eighties. It, it made it me was, sad because yeah. I really wanted to see them disrupt baseball. Yeah, um, and their chance of doing that in twenty twenty two is definitely dented with Tatis missing three, missing three months with a broken wrist. For me, also, I will say the best ability the best ability is availability. He needs to play. Simple as that. He had five trips to the IL in twenty twenty one. Four of them for injuries, one for COVID. So it's effectively four trips to the IL this past year, this past mm. season. He's already going to miss three months with a wrist injury. So, he, yeah. dude, he just needs to stay healthy. Yeah, Tatis is... He needs well, to play. You know what, Owen? Here I'll say. I'll just, I'll just say it real quick, okay? Here's my... Uh, this is a little unorthodox, but here, here is just my predictions, okay? National League, I've got... I'm going to do a little bracket. This is going to be a little weird. So, in the National League, I've got NLCS. I've got Milwaukee against the Padres. The American League, I've got Chicago against Tampa. And in the World Series, I've got Tampa over San Diego. Wow. So, I, I the point is I'm high on the Padres. I'm high on the Padres. High on the Padres and on the Rays, too. Yes. I think they're due. Okay, well, man. I mean, I we mean, could get there when we get there, but man, have the Rays been good? Like they have. Oh God, they 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 have in in what is it? Yeah. Two hundred and twelve games yep. last two seasons. 
some or not, so, no sorry like that what seems is, too high <laughs> i mean probably what, close to 200 games what is 160 and 60 plus plus season whatever they've won a lot of games they won 140 games in the last two seasons in a 60 game season and a full season last year oh yeah the 60 game yeah right okay so okay they've, they've won a lot of baseball games willie <laughs> Yeah, they're a good yeah, team. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and I can't throw, I can't throw water on anything you're saying because you were right about the Braves in 2021. So I have to, I have to take a step back and just go. This guy was right. So we'll, uh, we'll see. Okay. You were, you were right way before the start of spring training last year. <laughs> that's, so that's that that's already in, in and of itself <laughs> a, a huge cool. accomplishment. Thank you. Like, January yeah. 14th, 2021 is when you made that pick. It's a, yeah, God, it's <sighs> ridiculous, but. I want to see the Padres do well. I do. Who knows? Bob oh, Melvin's going to help. He's a great I, manager, but... Oh, and here's what I'll say. And I'm curious what you think about the Padres. Other than... Okay. Tatis injury, and he's going to be out, you know, a long time. That That's an issue. I think if they can fix between the years and the new manager does well... Because there were some issues with that team mentally. Like you can't collapse like that and do so terribly the second half of the season. Talent, like talent-wise, they have everything. Mm-hmm. And like you want to talk about rotation, and they're going to get Clevenger back. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, they're they are. Um, they have everything from a, I think a roster standpoint, minus the Tatis injury. Just from a team standpoint, that I think they're good enough to go toe to toe with anyone. But. I, I think so, and I think Bob Melvin's going to make a huge difference yeah, for them this year. He's a great manager everywhere he's been. I mean, he 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 squeezed every possible cent he could out of the A's, yep. out of that line. I mean, yes, it was a, he had some good teams, but look what's happened. He he yep. guided them to success. Yep. So absolutely, I think that's helpful. Uh, the rotation, like you were saying, is phenomenal. Darvish, Snell's going to get better. Darvish is going to get better. Or they're going to perform better. At least they should. Mm-hmm. Manaya is going to be Manaya solid. Is going to huge. I was just going. This is why we do previews like as close to the start of the yeah. season as possible because this was like two days ago. If we yep. did this preview like a month ago, we wouldn't have been able to talk about this. No. So it would have changed our. And maybe our, Chris Paddock will discover his form. Although he's happened. he's been in trade rumors though with Minnesota. I don't know if that trade went through or not. So Minnesota's oh. trying to get him, and I think. Uh, Taylor Rogers is the centerpiece of that for Minnesota. I like Taylor Rogers. Exactly. So if the Padres like get Taylor Rogers, I'm a big fan. In exchange yeah. for Chris Paddock, yeah. Okay. I don't well, know. It's a big deal. I'll have to check Twitter when we're done here. Um, and then CJ Ad- CJ Abrams in yep. in the place of Tatis, I Prospect think is going to be exciting. See, you know, there's a lot of young guys we could talk about, and you know, I wish we could spend more time talking about all the young guys but we'll have to just give you updates as the season progresses because the season Willie, less than 12 hours away i can't even sleep tonight that's crazy Um, let's talk giants real quick okay they can't do it again can they 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 can't win 107 games in 2022 they can't do it can they i i mean it seems unlikely i mean i know yeah it, it seems unlikely um yeah i I, I'm curious how much the Buster Posey retirement affects them too. I think just a really great player and really good locker room presence. Yeah, I, I will say though, and and this is kind of I have a list of players that I'm interested to watch uh, for their new teams. Um, you know, everyone wants to talk about the Freddie Freemans and yep. the the Matt Olsons, 
Jock Peterson has a new oh. team. And he, he has won a World Series two years in a row with different well, teams. Well, he's got, I mean, the regular season is one thing. The postseason is another. So. Yeah, you got to get there, but he's Jock Peterson. Yep. It's true. Um, why, Willie, why did the Rockies sign Chris Bryant? Why? Why did they do that? Because you need to sell tickets. <laughs> they're they're going to be, I mean, same thing with Cattell Marte and the D-backs. Like, why mm. would you, you, I have on my notes here, just commit to the suck. Commit to being bad. Yeah. For a couple I years. Mean, but tank, you're saying tanking. Yeah, um, but I mean, they don't have the pieces to to compete. So if you don't, what happened to Arizona, man? They were they were good two they, years ago. They were a playoff team season, a couple years ago. They, well, they they were close. They they almost made it. Well, what was it? Twenty? What was the last year they were in the playoffs? Twenty fifteen? Something like that? Uh oh, twenty? No, it was twenty seventeen. Mm. Uh, twenty? No, I think it's twenty sixteen. When they lost the Dodgers. Um, yeah. I think it was a little later, but anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, two two years ago, they they almost made the wild card game, and last year they were just historically bad. So yeah, so two teams with very confusing yes. big money deals for star players. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, I guess maybe they're just making it harder um, to to trade for them. They're they're just asking for more. Yeah, maybe. Let's switch to the AL East because I know we're, you know, we wanted to keep these podcasts short, but we still have quite a bit of, of baseball to talk through. And I want to run through the rest of these teams in the American League because we talked about the big names already. The, we've talked about the Blue Jays and mm. the lineup and getting yeah. a healthy George Springer and getting Gossman and signing yeah. Barrios to an extension. Yeah. They have, yeah, I think, right. the pieces to put together a very, very, very good regular season team. It's what they do Gosh. to. Strengthen the bullpen for the postseason. I think that's going to be the I mean, difference. Oh, and just explain to me. Okay, yes, the additions to the Blue Jays are credible, but like, I understand you've got two wild cards, but like, that division is so tough. Like, who of the Red Sox, Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays do you see, assuming that division gets both wild cards, missing the postseason? Well, I think there's going to be. There's going to be three wild card teams out of that division. Oh, that's right. I completely there's forgot. An, there's Expand. three wild cards this year in both leagues, not two. I, I think there's going to be three this year from the from the AL East. I'm completely because because name wow. one other potential wild card team. I mean, it's going to come down to the Mariners, the Astros, oh, oh, yeah, Red Sox, think, Yankees, think, and Blue Jays. I think. I think. I think yeah, I, I think that there's really two. I, I, other t- other ones. I mean, I think the Mariners look strong, and I, I you can't rule out Cleveland as well. Um, yeah, my big extension for Jose Ramirez. Yeah. So well, <laughs> the the newly named Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Yeah. But I, yeah, with the expanded format, I mean, then again, it's like four teams just beating each other up. Exactly. So, I mean, you're realistically Willie though over the last couple of years. And and just based on what we think is going to happen in twenty one in twenty two, mm-hmm. I mean, the Blue Jays and the Rays, or sorry, not the Rays, the Blue Jays and the Mariners both had better records than the Atlanta Braves, <laughs> the World Series champs. They had better records than the World Series champs. That tells you how tough it is to be an American League team these days. So you add one more playoff team, it, it has to be either Seattle or Toronto. Because they're the only two from that group of six who missed out. Mm-hmm. So 
I want the Mariners to win the division. I hope the Astros have to compete for that wild card. A little outside chance. Uh, a little too outside. Okay. I mean, yes, it, it's cool to have a lot of thump in your lineup in the middle, especially in the form of Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. But you need pitching too, and they don't really have that. They don't. They don't yep. really. Okay. I mean, Mike Fultonevich was pitching for the for the Texas Rangers last year, so that's yeah, where they are as a franchise. Yeah. Okay. Um. I want the Mariners, though, to win this division. Please. I think it's unlikely, but Please. I, I'd like it too. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be yeah. so much fun if, like, my Reese, would, my friend would be so happy if the yeah. Mariners won the division. I, 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 do you think they'll have a good season again? Last year was so... It was, it was not a flash in the pan, because you, you can't win 90 games in the major Although, leagues by accident. They, they really outperformed their run differential. I mean, they won so many close games, and that, those underlying metrics are a bad sign. But, but they also have two very, very promising young players who are starting to, who are going to get a chance two, to play in Julio Rodriguez and get a chance to develop in Jared Kelnick. Yeah, I mean, so, two of the more exciting, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, th- there is a future in Seattle, and bringing a a true ace to the rotation. Yep. It's going to help. I, I, I would not sleep on, uh, I would not sleep on the Mariners by any stretch. Yeah, sure. I, those are the kind of teams in general that I have questions about, like teams that, you know, seem like they kind of come out of nowhere. Can they do it again? But yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they have, they definitely have higher expectations this year based on how they mm. were in 2021. Yeah. But, They've also upgraded significantly in the areas they needed to. That well, which is which is huge. They got and, a top uh, line starter, and they got a big bat in the lineup to supplement two very promising young players. Hey, I mean, they've got a shot. They've got a shot. I'll say that. Yeah, you know, I'll go um, shot. Couple things to mention before we get onto the kind of final predictions and eventually the hot takes, Willie. Mm. Um. The Yankees, to me, did not get better. Yeah. They stayed I, the same. Sure. They have I mean, the same issues. They'll have Severino. Sure. What yeah, is he going to give you? It doesn't make they'll a have, big difference. Garrett Cole will give you Garrett Cole. That's fine. I'm not concerned about that. And then after that, like, what What did they do to get better? I mean, they're... Yeah. I mean... Is it... it, it is it fair yeah. to say they they were about as good as we thought they were going to be last year? I mean, last year we thought they were going to be AL champs. I think it's the same issue over and over and over, which is the pitching staff. Yeah. Like, what are you going to get from the pitching staff? Severino is a good pitcher, but he's not. We, we've proven the rotation mix is just not good enough right now, you know? Yeah. He's pitched um, what? It was like 14 times since 2018. Yeah, which is a bummer because he was pitching really well. He was. He was one of the, one of the top pitchers of the American League at that point. But yep, they didn't really get better. I mean, yes, they signed Anthony Rizzo, which well, I yeah, think well, is uh, you know, sneaky good. Um, which is, but are are, are they going to sign Aaron Judge though to an extension to the money that he wants? It's a big elephant it's, in the room. I mean, he he's not getting younger. He I think he's thirty. He just turned thirty, or look, I, I think is about that to be. It's time. Look, I think that the Yankees. Uh, look, I I'm not a generally big fan of this. I I think the Yankees got to trade for someone. They got to just say we'll give up the prospects. Yeah, 
they need they need a pitcher. They need a rotation. They've guy. been hoarding they, prospects they, they, for too long. They need to spend. They need to actually spend. They 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 have some. Yep. They. they um, I don't know. And look, Jordan Montgomery is okay, but he's not scaring anyone. <laughs> you know, he's a he's a mid mid to high four ERA, low five ERA. That's yep. that's his that's his that's who he is. Yep. And they, I mean, they're fine with that. They're fine with him eating 160 innings doing that. So yeah, it, well, it is what it is. Good. Leave it like that. <laughs> um, quickly on the socks though, Trevor yeah. Story is whatever. Sure. I'm a big fan. It, I it, love Trevor it doesn't Story. fix their problem. Though. The problem is not the lineup. They're going to score yeah. runs. No problem. Sure. It's not the lineup. That's the issue. The pitching, it's, yeah. it's the pitching staff. Cause of all these in a contract year, like this is his last year of his contract. Uh, Pavetta, what are you going to get? I don't know. Yeah. What are you going to get from, I don't know, name any other starter for the Red Sox right now? <laughs> it's like, I mean, Jared Carabas, one of the, you know, one of baseball Twitter's resident uh, Red Sox experts is like, who's pitching today? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> it's been like that for the last two years. Yeah, and they still I went mean, to the what playoffs. I will say is, is um, you know, when Schwarber left and Renfro, I, you did need someone. I know they're different positions. That's true. That's true. Need someone in the middle. But yeah, I agree. Same problem. Um, but what what are you gonna get from Chris Sale? I yeah, think that's an interesting exactly. Point. Do you think he's done? I mean, I, I wouldn't say done, but he's not. He's uh, he's starting to decline at a rate that's predictable for someone yeah. with his profile. Yeah, skinny guy who throws really hard uh, yeah. and has the funky delivery that he does. It's probably not sustainable. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I I, I don't know. I. I do you like the Red Sox to make a run at it again? Not not like last year. I mean, they'll fight for a playoff spot. Okay. But I mean, they're probably in the, you know, final wild card discussion this yeah. year. Because yeah. they were they were leading the division for a while last year and then they had the COVID outbreak and just wasn't wasn't a good end of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. It, it, um absolutely. Absolutely. Any any Willie, any any predominant thoughts in the central? I mean, it's the White Sox division to lose, really. Yeah, I, I think the the predominant thing is that the White Sox made some um, great additions. I mean, I don't know. I like Graveman. I like AJ Pollock. Um, you know, I look. I like. I like. I like Graveman. I like AJ Pollock. Um. I, I just think the White Sox are for real. I think they're flying under the radar. I, I think they're going to. Um, I think that they are going to be really, really good. Yeah, if you um, can even fly under the radar after winning a division the year before. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. And then other than that, I mean, I don't know Minnesota. What do you think, Minnesota Correa? What are your thoughts on? <laughs> He's gone after this year. <laughs> he's he just wanted a payday for a year he's going to collect his money and then when he sees the twins not being able to compete with chicago or even cleveland for that matter he's going to opt out and then go to the highest bidder wow okay i just don't see him long term in minnesota he, i could be wrong maybe he really is the report is that he was really swayed by like the the project if you will in minnesota but i just I don't mean, see that sticking i mean that's what they're gonna say it's, never gonna say talk. it's scott boris talking yeah um we talked about the mariners i uh, don't really want to talk about the astros because we, yeah. we don't need to 
the Angels, Willie, have they hmm. done enough to strengthen in the pitching department? Um, no. It's Thor, it's Lorenzen, and it's Shohei. That's it. Yeah. You want the them to be good, and they have the two best players on the planet right now. Well, two of the best players on the planet, Trout. Healthy. Oh, let's let's not gloss over it. What do you what do you expect from Shohei Otani this season? Uh, let's not bury the lead here. He's going to regress from his 2021 otherworldly campaign. How much? He won't hit for as much power, I don't think. Um, <laughs> and he'll still strike out some guys, but the ERA is going to go up. But you think the pitching is the decline more than the hitting? No, See, I think I he's not going to hit for as much power. Yeah, I mean, he hits so much power. Um, I mean, 46 home runs. It, it was two behind the major league lead. Yeah. You can't really ignore that. Yeah, no, I know. It, it's outstanding. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, back no, on the set. Really quickly, though, Bobby Witt Jr. Exciting. Royals have something to look forward to. Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. Good stuff. I also, I do just want to say on the central real quick, too. I, like, I actually don't think you can sleep on Minnesota. It's a team that was really good two years ago. They have some really good pieces. I like. I, I don't think I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota contended for a wild card berth. Fair point, and Correa makes him better for sure. And mm-hmm. Buxton needs to be healthy. That's the only problem. I love Byron Buxton. He's so good, but he's I never love healthy. Guy. Gary Sanchez, anyone? Uh, no. Okay. He'll hit like one seventy-five with twenty homers. Man, if he can rediscover his form, then. He'll just hit a bunch of homers and and strike out a lot. Um, Rangers, we talked about them briefly. Seager just can't stay healthy for whatever reason, but he got a big payday because he won the Dodgers the World Series almost by himself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes it interesting. Yeah, it makes it fun, but pitching's not not there. And then Oakland, um, my my thoughts and prayers are with A's fans, like uh, our our friend Brian, big A's fan. Um, It's going to be a really tough year. Yeah, it's um, their good times are done. Yeah, it's going to be rough, rough going for the A's for quite a while. It's unfortunate they gave it their best run on. And uh, yeah, yep. but we have we have a lot to look forward to this season, Willie. Yes, so I think it's it's fitting that we we round off our show with our hot takes because yeah. there's a lot to look forward to the next couple uh, seconds. I'll give you my hot takes because they're pretty they're pretty close together. They're, they're linked to the same right. team. Sure. Number one, uh, the Dodgers are going to set the major league record for most wins in a season. They are going to win 117 games this year. 117. Wow. The lineup is stupid. I did stupid. not see that coming. Turner and Freeman are going to both have 200 plus hits. Even with the rotation issues? Even with the rotation issues because you can thump your way to a bunch of wins in the regular season. Bueller's going to have a sub 250 ERA again. 200 Ks mm. again, uh, and they're going to go out and make the team better mm. at okay. the trade deadline. So Dodgers, 117 wins. The second Todd take also connected to the Dodgers. Willie, um, this one is going to be a lot of fun. You ready for this take? Yeah. So Jacob deGrom mm-hmm. is going to be a member of the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2023. He has an opt-out in his contract after 22. He's going to opt out. 
because he's going to have a stupidly good season, but the Mets aren't going to be able to no, back him I, up. Go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to No, I'm just saying. The Mets aren't going to be able to back him up. He's going to opt out. The Dodgers are going to throw a bunch of money at him, and he's going to pitch in L.A. For I, I don't two, think three years. if Bauer is still on the books, I don't think they can afford him. Like, that sounds crazy. <laughs> they could. They could, but like they the, the they luxury will. tax, you can't have too many high paying players in the books. I think it was already pushing it to have Freddie Freeman. Um, they'll, they'll I like find that a way. prediction, but gosh, like, they'll find a way. They, they cancel. They will find a way. Just cancel. Um, well, well, uh, that's what I said after they got Turner and Scherzer. Look how that worked out. Yeah. So. Yes. Okay. Anyways, those are my takes, Willie. Baseball what was the first is here. One? It was the was Dodgers are going to win 117, oh, and then Degrom's going to be a Dodger in 2023. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. I just um, opt outs are scary for any team, anyone who doesn't like the team with the the biggest checkbook. And wow, the Mets aren't that team. Well, they're they're one of those teams, but there's also a team that's going to be fresh off a World Series title. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah. I think. Jeez. Okay. Um. All right. Well. Um. There you go. Those are my hot takes. Yeah, geez, Louise. All right, what do you got okay. for me? All right, I got a couple about a couple different sports, and we'll wrap up. Uh, back to soccer for a second. Um, I, I mentioned that there was a dark horse, and I've seen people make these predictions. I saw one person make a got the idea, like not quite as big prediction, but I'm gonna say the team. That I think okay, who do I think is going to be this year's Croatia? That's going to be make the World Cup final and lose. The, who's my prediction for for that? Owen, take take your I guess uh, it's a dark horse, so you know. Please don't say the U.S. No. It's okay, not the good. US. Just anyone but the U.S. Who is it? Uh, Serbia. I think Serbia has a lot to like about the team. I think Serbia is going to make a run to the World Cup final. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else um, you got? And, and real quick, I'll just say on that, man. I mean, Serbia is a really good team. I mean, it's. I think everyone's talking about there's no group of death. I think that's Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon is so clearly, in my opinion, the group of death, despite what the average ranking says. Yeah. Um, Cameroon's ranking is a little low, but I think that's unfair to them. I think Cameroon's really good, so... Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, um, and then here's what I will I will say. Um, here's the other thing. Um, I look. I wouldn't say that this is a a hot take, you know, but I'm just gonna say it more so as just like I have to give the prediction. Okay, well, let me ask you this question, Owen. Um, who is your MVP pick for the season? You got to say before the season. Uh, for uh, both. Let's go both. NL and AL. Let's go both. Yeah. So so baseball, right? Yeah, yeah, baseball. Uh, AL's Vladdy. NL is Acuna. Okay. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. So I'm going. Here's what I'm going. I'm going Machado mm. in the West. Mm. And I'm going, it's not like a hot, like, 
take, but I just want to make the predictions because, you know, it is baseball season. But um, I am going to go. I was debating this, um, but I'm going to say Devers. Scoops. Big scoops. I, I like with, it. With, he's... with Jose Abreu, close second. Mm. I mean, he's getting up there, but he's still still producing. Uh, I like the Devers pick, though. Devers is... He's he's just fun. Rafi Big Scoop is fun, Willie. He's fun. Okay. He's wow. Mr. Fun. He, he's, he had this funny clip where he talked to a reporter during batting practice. He was like, I mean, what's not to like about my job? I hit home runs for yeah. a living. I'm like, that. that's... You're you're right. You do. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what he do. Um. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I. That's a. That's a good one. Any. Um. Oh, and let me ask you this question real quick. Last. Last thing. Um. Give me one. I don't know. Player or story in baseball you think you should look forward to that nobody is talking about. Uh. Here's here's one I'm going to talk about. Um. It's really really sneaky. I think. It's one that not a lot of people are talking about in the context mm. of new players mm. uh, or uh, same the you know same faces different places. Yeah. It's Matt Chapman in Toronto. Okay. I don't think that's yeah. getting enough attention because yeah, he's good. We're, we're talking about a platinum glove winner going to already one of the hungriest teams based on what they're doing in the offseason. Yep. I mean, how can you overlook a the best defensive player in baseball to, for two years? Like, two years? Yeah. I just don't see how you can overlook yeah. that. No, I, and I, it's I, um, somehow getting overlooked because he's not Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson. He's, I mean, just because casual fans don't watch for defense, really. Yeah. You know, web gems. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, he's a really good player. Toronto's a fascinating story. I mean, they're their biggest box office watch, I would say. Yeah. So they're the um, sexy pick for sure. Yeah. Who who plays opening day tomorrow, by the way? Who plays uh, uh it was supposed to be re- uh Red Sox Yankees right, in that, New York again, yeah. but that got rained out. Uh I'm trying to remember who who Let's got see. the uh the one o'clock game. I can't I think it was I think Let's it's see. it's Brewers Cubs now, I think. Oh, you know what? It so is, there are there are uh, seven games. Yeah, it's Brewers Cubs is first game tomorrow. Corbin Burns against Kyle Hendricks in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Okay. So it looks well, like Kyle Hendricks gets to throw the first pitch of twenty twenty two, not Garrett Cole. That's well. Hopefully, he's not using pine tar. <laughs> Who or, knows um, what's gonna happen? Um, truly, but the other thing really, Shohei Otani pitches at six thirty Pacific time. That's something to watch. Oh, against the Astros too. Yep. Jeez, Louis. Yep. Okay. That'll we got baseball. We got the Masters. Sports are back. Sunday is a huge day, Willie. We have been doing this for almost two hours. We said we're going to keep uh, these episodes in ninety I minutes. We're but, closer. To you know, we're we're getting 90. closer and closer to it. But folks, this has been episode forty-eight of Hot Takes Only, our season three premiere. Better late than never, I always say. Folks, that's our show. This has been episode forty-eight of Hot Takes Only. We will see you in the next one. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the Masters. Mm, Go Braves.